Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of the Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hello, Autumn Miles back with you. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about part two of the shed the weight message that we started yesterday. I want to encourage you, the unique community, we got it, okay? Once a month, uh, Blush Network Society groups are happening. Thank you for joining us today. You know, yesterday we talked about shedding the weight, and we're still talking about um, that today. Uh, I told you, you know, a year ago, God wanted me to lose 20 pounds, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that because why? Uh, But once I shed that weight... So many things happened for me. I had more energy as a mom. I had a new perspective. Um, I was able to sort of, um, you know, interact with my children more. It was very, very healthy for me. But I didn't really know I needed to lose the weight because I wasn't totally overweight or anything like that. I just needed to get a little bit healthier. And I, I, I couldn't help but correlate shedding the weight physically with shedding the weight spiritually. And so yesterday we talked about the Amalekites and the, um, and the Israelites and the huge grudge that the Amalekites, who were the descendants of Esau, held against the nation of Israel for stealing Esau's birthright. They, they, they believed that um, Jacob stole the birthright um, from Esau when Esau sold it to him for one cup of stew, which we actually talked about last week. Um, sh- they held a grudge, which was to their complete an utter demise. That grudge drove them. So we said, shed the weight. We also talked about Joshua, who um, who was a servant of Moses, but also very victorious in battle. He was one of those guys that, you know, um, he was brave. He was courageous. And so, you know, if you wanted him, if you wanted to battle one, you would send out Joshua. But at the same time, he honored the Lord. And sometimes um, when we have these skills in war, we have these skills, these practical skills. Um, We have a lot of pride that goes with that. We have a lot of, um, you know, I'm awesome thinking that goes with that. And Joshua was quite the opposite. He knew that he would, he was, um, you know, uh, really gifted in war, but he also knew the Lord and he also understood the importance of working and serving Moses. You know, the, this battle of the Amalekites in Exodus 17, which is the passage that we're going to talk about uh, once again today in Exodus 17, 8. This battle was 40 years, happened 40 years uh, roughly before Joshua took on um, leading the nation of Israel, before Joshua, um, you know, took the nation and and led them after Moses passed away. So in in this battle, he probably was about 40-ish years old uh, uh, around there. But as this 40-year-old man who was very gifted in war, 
but also a servant at the same time. When Moses said um, in verse nine, so Moses said to Joshua, choose men for yourself, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him. He honored him. And I was so ministered to by his perspective, although he was victorious, successful in his own right, he still honored Moses. He still honored his leader. He didn't look at Moses and say, what? I have to go out and do all the work. I'm the one that's going to be leading the charge while you just stand up on a hill with your hands in the air. I'm the one that's going to do that. No, Joshua did as Moses told him and it begged the question of dishonor. And that's the second thing I want us to completely shed as we're talking about um, shedding the weight part two today, shed that dishonor. You know, we, we allow dishonor in our homes with our children. We allow them to dishonor us and maybe they're dishonoring us because we're dishonoring our husbands or our wives. Maybe we're talking to our husbands, our wives in a horrible way. And we're dishonoring them. You know, dishonor is a huge acceptable part of our culture. You know, I'll write a piece of, um, for one of the different publications that, that I, that I write for and I'll, they'll post it and they'll be like, you know, 20, there was hundreds one time, uh, negative comments just about the piece dishonor because of social media and because of text messaging and because you don't have to really look people in the face, um, Really, the flesh is coming out and lashing out and dishonor is becoming an acceptable part of our culture. Back in in, in this time, if Joshua would have looked at Moses and posted a comment on his Facebook page or posted a response to his reply, um, you know, and it was dishonoring, Joshua would have executed right then and there his position for leadership 40 years later for the nation of Israel. He was humble and he honored them. And I wonder if you just take a minute and look introspectively what you're allowing to happen in your home. What are your thoughts? What do your friends talk about? Is it lifting up your pastor at church? Is it lifting up your kids? Is it lifting up your husband? Do you always have to complain? Or are you on in a position where you, you're constantly feeding them life? I love this idea of shedding dishonor from our lives just because it's accepted culturally doesn't mean it's ex- it's it's accepted spiritually i believe that honor how we honor other people is a, a direct relation of how we honor the lord if i have a right res- uh, perspective of the lord and i honor the lord my god with all my heart and soul and my mind It's going to be really hard for me to dishonor everyone in my life. If you're dishonoring people in your life, it's, it's uh, probably a good indication that you're really dishonoring the Lord as well. Because if he has put those leaders in your life to lead and to guide you, um, he has placed them there. They didn't just get there by themselves. He has allowed them in your life, shedding the weight of dishonor in our lives. Joshua means, uh, Moses actually changed his name to Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Honor is not popular, but it's pivotal. 
It's amazing how just in my staff alone, you know, the people that come and honor me and it's, it's hard for me to, um, allow honor because I just kind of, when someone comes and, you know, they say something to me, I'm always like, well, really, you know, um, do you really feel that way? You know, I've gotten amazing messages. The Lord changed my life through whatever, whatever. And it's really hard for me sometimes to accept and believe I'm worthy of that honor. But one thing that I have learned is that if they want to give it, I need to receive it. I need to be gracious enough to say, wow. And then turn to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for using me as a tool in that person's life. Some people try to honor you. Don't shut them down. Receive it. Say, you know what? Thank you. And then turn to the Lord and thank him for the opportunity uh, to, to minister to that um, person's life. Um, Moses went up to the top of the hill. And he held both of his hands up in the air and the staff of God was in his hand and the staff of God that was in his hand was the same staff of God that was used to turn the water into blood, um, to let the people go. All of the miracles, um, that, that happened in Egypt, this was the same staff of God. And so he went up to the top of the hill and, um, and, in the staff that he held in both hands, I have in the studio, you can't see me, but I have both of my hands in the air of the studio. He's holding this staff up and when his staff is in the air the nation of Israel is successful okay um literally the st- the hand the hands of Moses were what uh um uh, drove the sword of Joshua it was not the other way around. Joshua didn't just win because he he was good in battle. If Moses didn't have his hands up in the air, which means complete surrender, Lord, you are the one that is in control of this battle. You are the one that is in control of this situation. Literally, um, Israel would not have prevailed because Moses's hand drove their sword. Now, practically speaking, um, um, when our hands are down in our own battles and we are resigned to whatever may happen, a lot of times we lose the battle, but Moses's mindset and him, his hands, both of them, you know, you see people at church when they're praising and worshiping. I'm a, I'm a hand lifter. I'm a hand everything when it comes to worship. Um, I'll put one hand up. Sometimes I put them up half up sometimes because sometimes I'm just, you know, it's just kind of my frame of mind. But when I have both of my hands in the, in, in the air, I am saying, God, I am agreeing. I need you in my life. I need this part of you in me. And that's exactly what Moses was saying. He was holding them up saying, you are my banner. You are our shield. You are our protector. And some of you have your head hung down um, in defeat. And God is saying, all you need to do is lift your hands in surrender. When your hand is lifted in surrender, that will drive the sword and that will make you victorious, that will drive, so to speak, the sword of Joshua in your situation. Raise your hands and surrender and let me fight that battle for you. It's amazing thing what surrender will do in your battle. Some of you are trying to control when all you need to do is put your hands up. 
today. Your marriage bad, put your hands up. Your kids are wayward, put your hands up. You don't know how you're going to make your mortgage, put your hands up. Your, 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 your friends all forsake you, put your hands up. You're depressed, laying in bed, popping pills, put your hands up. You want to end your life, put your hands up. Because in that moment of there's something about, we have talked all week, I can't believe this, about when we are weak, then we are strong. Put your hands up. Say, God, do what you're going to do. Moses' hands and his complete surrender position drove the sword of Joshua. And the longer they, the height, the, 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 um, the, the height of his hands determined the amount of victory Josh, Joshua was having. Put your hands up. Shed the weight of the war with surrender. Shed it. It might not be a grudge. It might not be dishonor, but I know that there are so many of us that are carrying so many different weights and we want to give up. We want to let the Amalekites uh, eat us while we're, while we're weary. We want the Amalekites to overwhelm us. It's interesting to me that, um, that the Amalekites prayed on the weak because they couldn't get to the strong. And in our weakness, he is strong. And, and, and although uh, Moses had his hands up in surrender, which looks like a weak place, that's when God was actually strong for the nation. Put your hands up today. Come on. What's your battle? I, um, and the next verse says in, in verse 11, so it came about when Moses held his hands up, Israel prevailed. And when his, he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. When we drop our hands and when our focus turns to something other than the Lord, to something other, when we try to control, when we, when we seize back control of the situation, that's when we end up losing, not winning. Controlling something um, and putting our hands down and saying, God, I really don't need you anymore. It looks like we are winning. Some of us start with our hands straight up in the air, but then halfway through the battle, we think, oh, this is going on my side. I'm going to seize it back and control it. And that's when you start losing again. Stick them back up. Stick them back up. You losing a battle, put those hands in the air. The Lord is my banner is what he calls it at the end of this passage. But Moses's hands were heavy. Moses's hands were heavy, man. I feel, um, I know so many times my, um, my hands have been so incredibly heavy and I, 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 my hands stay up in the air for a while and then they start coming down. And, um, um, you know, I, I, in that moment, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I look like I'm winning. I, I look like I could be winning, but I'm not winning like I could be if they were any higher. Moses's hands were heavy. And so this is, this is what happened, but Moses's hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him I'm gonna, uh, and, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus, his hands were steady until the sunset. But Moses's hands were heavy. Then 
they, uh, Aaron, his brother, and her, which was his buddy, okay? Um, they, the three of them had gone up to the top of the hill. So the three of them were up there. Um, and, and thank God that they were. When Moses' hands were heavy, um, he couldn't do anything because he's carrying the staff of God in his hand, but he looked to those around him. He looked to Aaron. He looked to her who were completely focused on what Moses was doing because they knew in order to get to Mount Sinai, in order to get to their next stop, they needed to overcome this group of people. And they had come so far out of Egypt through the Red Sea that they were not going to be defeated yet. So Moses looked to who was around him. He saw Aaron. He saw her, but they saw his need first. And they went and they got a stone and they pressed it underneath his body and he sat on it and he planted there. I am obsessed with this because if you feel, if you need to be victorious in any sort of battle, who is around you? Who is supporting you? Is it an Aaron who sees your need, who comes to you and says, man, you are weary. You're failing in this. You need the support of something more than yourself. Is it a her? That's a, that's a buddy. That's going to say, listen, um, um, I know what you need. You need this stone. And you know, as I was looking and I was, as I was studying, the same uh, 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 word for stone that I found was in Psalm 18:22. The stone which the builders rejected has become my chief corner stone. Aaron and her said he needs a stone to sit on. He needs to rest on it. They pushed a stone under him, and today. When you look around your, your people that are around you, the people that you take up with you to, to fight a battle, you hope that they're going to support you. Do they, they push you to the chief cornerstone first? First. Or do they rely on their own intellect to get you through a battle that you actually need the support of the chief cornerstone to get you through? This is so picturesque. These are the type of people that we need um, supporting us. These are the type of people that we need to um, we need in battle. It's the stone is the same Hebrew word there. Stone chief cornerstone. These people understood um, the value of his body being supported on a stone. Who's around you? Are they pushing you to that stone? I hope that they are. And the second thing that they did was once he sat on the stone, they said, you know what? He can't do this by himself. Aaron and her one supported one hand and one supported his other hand. And uh, one uh, thus his hands were steady until sunset. Now sunset from morning to evening, that's a really long time to keep your hands up. And sometimes the battle that we rage are, are, are so long and maybe we can do it for the first day. Maybe we can do it for the second day. Maybe we can do it for the third and fourth and, and, and seventh and eighth and 15th day. But you know what? When it comes to month two, when it comes to month three, when it comes to year 10 and we're still in the battle, we have got to surround ourselves with a, with an Aaron, with the her that not only grabs both of our hands and lifts it up. Sometimes the battle is so important that we must win it. That one's got to grab one. 
One's got to grab the other and they have got to support us and shed the weight of the battle for us. And I hate to say it, sweet listener out there. Some of us have friends in our lives that are not supporting one arm. They're actually on the other. I wish you could see my hands in the studio. Those of you on YouTube, hey, out there, um, you'll be able to see it on YouTube. But they're actually taking your hand and this huge battle, this this, uh, addiction, this marriage, whatever, and they're pressing your hand down the other way. They are not supporting us. They They are actually becoming a part of the battle they're not shedding the weight of the battle and I don't even think that some of you guys realize that you're in the heat of a bad marriage you're in the heat of 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 depression you're in the heat of of some situation that you're dealing with and your friends are not pushing you to the stone the chief cornerstone your friends aren't lifting your hands up they're literally taking the staff and they're beating you with it and you don't even know I think that this is an opportunity today. You know, if that person continually it continues to gossip about you, if they're constantly negative, if they never have anything good to say, if it's problem after problem after problem, and you're trying to fat a bottle, shed, a battle, shed that person from your life. I'm trying to keep it real with you today because you cannot be victorious when you're, the people around you are not raising up your hands. They're literally adding weight to your hands. That person's got to go. It's got to go. Now, I, 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 um, I preach this message and, and a lot of people are talking to me about, no, well, my husband is the weight. Well, yeah, sometimes he is. And I'm not telling you to shed your husband, um, you know, unless that is, that is, there are biblical grounds for that. We are, I'm not condoning divorce whatsoever. But if you're in a rough marriage... And you think, and there, there is biblical grounds for that. That might be something that God is allowing in your life. He doesn't love, love that. He actually hates divorce. But that is something to consider. If you're in a bad marriage and your husband is sort of the weight and the battle that you're fighting, you need girlfriends that are going to back you up. I think uh, Laura here is in the studio, one of our, one of our um, producers here. She, she, there was uh, our society groups, which I talked about earlier. Um, they literally, there was, there was someone who wanted to get divorced. And they literally came around and I was like, nope, you're not getting a divorce. We're going to fight this battle in prayer for you. We're going to lighten your load in other areas so you can fight this battle with your husband and you can become victorious. Those are the kind of people that are going to make you successful, not the ones that are looking you and judging you based on how, what kind of car you drive, how much money you make, how well behaved your kid is. You need someone that's saying, I believe in you. I'm standing with you. You can be victorious. I'm going to help you. Those are the friends. And if you, and if, and if you look around and you don't see any of those people, you know what? uh, uh, Shed them and get involved in some sort of church or something that will actually uh, support you. Some sort of group that will support you. Society is definitely um, here for you as well. Why would you live having your arms pressed down? Romans 12, 4 and 5 said this. So for just as we have many members in one body and are all members, all members don't have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually 
members of one another. I thought it was really cool. Um, the Bible talks about being, um, of course, the body of Christ. And in this situation where Moses uh, and Joshua were fighting um, the Amalekites, um, it's a beautiful picture of two people pushing um, Moses's body to sit on the stone to support him. But then them also lifting up his hands and and um and 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 supporting him that way as well. Um a beautiful picture of the body of Christ right here, I believe, is represented in this passage of scripture, the support of the stone and the support of the friends. And body of Christ, we we, we can be victorious if we do just as this passage is. Um closing out here here. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek. And his people with the edge of the sword. He overwhelmed him. He just didn't win a little bit. He won overwhelmingly. We are over. We are. Uh, we overwhelmingly conquer. This is what Romans tells us. The Lord said to Moses, write in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua. I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it. The Lord is my banner. The Lord, that literally means the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my flag. The Lord is the one who has delivered us. That literally means um, those things shed the weight. And once you have shed that weight, remember that tagline, the Lord is your banner. The Lord is the one that made you successful. Got a grudge, got dishonor, got a battle, got weight, shed it. The Lord is your banner. I love you guys. I hope this ministered to you today. Have a good day. I'll talk to you next time right here at the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.